Hello and welcome to Life for Living. My name is Pat Kilby. I'm the pastor at Cary First Baptist Church in Cary, North Carolina. Light for Living is a podcast designed to share biblical truth from a fresh perspective with an emphasis on relevant and practical application for our life. So currently we're continuing to teach through the book of Revelation, and today we're going to walk through Revelation chapter 15. Revelation 15 is a rather uh, short chapter, but there's a lot of stuff in there, and I want to I want to cover it. I thought about doing Revelation 15 and 16, but... Um, Let's just really slow down, take a look at Revelation 15, which is preparing us for uh, what's going to happen in the final, uh, the final wrath of God poured out through the seven bold judgments in Revelation 16. So let's read Revelation 15, 1 through 8. Then I saw another great and awe-inspiring sign in heaven, seven angels with the seven last plagues. For with them, God's wrath will be completed. I also saw something like a sea of glass mixed with fire, and those who had won the victory over the beast, its image, and the number of its name, were standing on the sea of glass with harps from God. They sang the song of God's servant Moses and the song of the Lamb. Great and awe-inspiring are your works, Lord God, the Almighty. Just and true are your ways. King of the nations, Lord, who will not fear and glorify your name, for you alone are holy. All the nations will come and worship before you because your righteous acts have been revealed. So after this, I looked, and the heavenly temple, the tabernacle of testimony, was opened. Out of the temple came the seven angels with the seven plagues, dressed in pure, bright linen with golden sashes wrapped around their chests. One of the four living creatures gave the seven angels seven golden bowls filled with the wrath of God who lives forever and ever. Then the temple was filled with smoke from the glory of God and from his power, and no one could enter the temple until the seven plagues of the seven angels were completed. So as we look at Revelation chapter 15, as I look at it, I believe it can be summed up in two themes. The first theme is worship. The second theme is wrath. And so let's look at, at the worship, uh, the worship of God. In Revelation 15, 2, John saw all the saints who had won the victory over the beast and its image. They were standing with harps in their hands, and they sang a new song. So in Romans, or excuse me, Revelation 15, 8, John sees a great and awe-inspiring sign in heaven. He sees seven angels with seven plagues, but he takes his eye off that for a moment, and he looks and he sees the saints, the saints who had won the victory over the beast and its image. They were standing with harps in their hands, and they sang the song of Moses. So John is looking, and he sees uh, this sea of people, and the sea of people are the people who have made it through the tribulation. They did not bow to the Antichrist. They did not take the number of the beast. They had won the victory over the beast and its image. So they had suffered intense times of persecution. Many of them, all of them, had been persecuted. They were slaughtered. And now they were standing in victory, and they have harps in their hands, so they are about to play music, and they're about to sing, and they're about to sing 
the song of Moses. So that takes me back to Exodus chapter 15. So in, in the book of Exodus, through a series of events and several plagues, finally uh, the spirit of Pharaoh has been broken after the Passover. The blood of the lamb has been on the doorpost. Everyone where the blood was, the death angel passed over. Well, this finally broke Pharaoh's heart, and he let the people of God go. He let them go. Then his eyes were opened and realized he had let God's people go, and he went chasing after them. And when he went chasing after them, God allowed uh, Moses to lift up his staff. He parted the waters. They crossed on dry ground, and the Egyptian army followed hot after the people of God. And while they were in the Red Sea, in the same tunnel that uh, in the same trail that the people of God had taken to safety, now they were in the sea and God caused the waters to collapse and the army was destroyed. And after this, the people glorified and worshiped God and they sang the song of Moses. This is powerful. So the people that John sees are the ones who have overcome the beast. They didn't take the mark. They trusted God for everything. And even though they were slain, they now have eternal life and they are singing the song of Moses. They've seen the deliverance of God. So when you go to Exodus 15, 1 through 21, I want to read to you the song of Moses. Check this out. This is powerful. Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. They said, I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. He has thrown the horse and its rider into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my salvation. This is my God, and I will praise him. My father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. He threw Pharaoh's chariots and his army into the sea. The elite of his officers were drowned in the Red Sea. The floods covered them. They sank to the depths like a stone. Lord, your right hand is glorious in power. Lord, your right hand shattered the enemy. You overthrew your adversaries by your great majesty. You unleashed your burning wrath. It consumed them like stubble. The water heaped up at the blast from your nostrils. The current stood firm like a dam. The watery depths congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy said, I will pursue. I will overtake. I will divide the spoil. My desire will be gratified at their expense. I will draw my sword. My hand will destroy them. But you blew with your breath and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Lord, who is like you among the gods? Who is like you, glorious in holiness, revered with praises, performing wonders? You stretched out your right hand and the earth swallowed them. With your faithful love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. You will guide them to your holy dwelling with your strength. When the peoples hear, they will shudder. Anguish will seize the inhabitants of Philistia. Then the thieves of Edom will be terrified. Trembling will seize the leaders of Moab. All the inhabitants of Canaan will panic. Terror and dread will fall on them. They will be as still as a stone because of your powerful arm until your people pass by. Lord, until the people whom you purchased pass by, you will bring them in and plant them on the mountain of your possession. Lord, you have prepared the place for your dwelling. Lord, your hands have established the sanctuary. The Lord will reign forever and ever. 
When Pharaoh's horses with his chariots and horsemen went into the sea, the Lord brought the water of the sea back over them. But the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground. Then the prophetess Miriam, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine in her hand, and all the women came out following her with tambourines and dancing. Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. He has thrown the horse and its rider into the sea. Dude, when I read that, man, I just want to worship. God is so good. And the people that John sees are the ones who've experienced the goodness and the grace and the mighty right hand of God. And now they are singing the song of Moses. They have harps in their hand and they are about to worship. I want to know, I want you to know something. You know, I, I'm so thrilled to read this and, and to know that wherever we are and whatever we face, those who serve the living God, we have, we have reason to rejoice. We have reason to thank him. He is good. He is our deliverer. And, and I'll just go ahead and tell you, write this down. Exodus chapter 15, 1 through verse 21. When you're feeling down, when you wonder if God cares, if you're wondering if God can, write down Exodus 15 and read the song of Moses that the Israelites sang. It'll bless your heart. It's blessed mine. John sees this and the saints of God who overcame the beast and his image. He sees them. They're standing they have harps in their hand, and they are singing worship to the living God who delivered them. The natural response when we experience the grace of God in our life is to worship him and give him glory. Once again, the natural response when we experience the grace of God in our life, the natural response should be to worship him and give him glory. So we've been reading through uh, Romans in our uh, churchwide Bible reading plan. And, you know, I was just, I did a, a leadership with our, our, our staff the other day, and, and I just reminded them about Romans chapter one, the importance of glorifying God and showing him gratitude. We learn this from Revelation. John saw them. They were glorifying God. They were giving him gratitude. They sang the song of Moses the power of glorifying God, praising him, recognizing him, and thanking him for what he has done, that's a powerful thing because when we glorify God, when we recognize God as, as high and lifted up, as the only true, the living God, when we glorify God and when we show him gratitude, our thinking becomes sound. It is foundational. It is, it is wise. But when we, who are without excuse because God has made himself known, you can't look at creation, the sun, the moon, the stars. You can't look at the trees and the flowers, even humanity itself, and not recognize there is a supreme maker, the living God who, who cares about everything. We are without excuse, and when we see him, even in his invisible attributes, when we see him and give him glory and we show him gratitude, God honors that and he gives us wisdom and sound thinking. On the other hand, when God, who has made himself plain, he has made himself known, and we choose to reject him and we do not glorify 
God or give him gratitude, he turns our hearts over to foolish thinking. And foolish thinking ultimately exchange the, exchanges the truth of God for a lie. Foolish thinking ultimately exchanges the truth of God for a lie. So you want to live with wisdom? You want to live with power? You want to live with God's blessing? Give him glory and show him gratitude. In Revelation chapter 15, the saints who have overcome the beast and its image, the ones who trusted God for everything, and even when they died, they are now seen by John standing with harps in their hands, and they're singing the song of Moses. They are responding to God by glorifying him and showing him gratitude. So you want to live a life of wisdom, a life of blessing, give God glory and show him gratitude. So Revelation chapter 15 verses 2 through 4 reminds us that victory is ours. So as we move from the section of worship to to wrath, just remember this. God has proven himself faithful in the past. He is proving himself faithful now, and he will continue to prove himself faithful all the way to the end. So the second theme of Revelation, the first theme is is worship. The second is, is wrath. So in Revelation 15, verses 5 through 8, John now sees the wrath that it's about to come. He sees this awe-inspiring sight. Seven angels in brilliant white, they walk out of the temple, and they are given seven bowls. These seven bowls represent the final seven plagues, and these represent the culminating and final cups of God's wrath on the earth. Now, just to remind you, Before the tribulation begins, the church, the called out ones, they have been called up. We call the rapture, the the rapture, the the called away. And, And so the believers are in heaven. Those who are left behind will enter the tribulation. And the tribulation is seven years of of hardship and suffering. It's literally seven years when Jesus, who is the lamb, takes the scroll from the right hand of God the Father, and he begins to break the seals one by one, and he is literally redeeming the earth back to himself. So these seven years are in two periods. The first period, or the first half of the tribulation, the first three and a half years, are are extremely difficult. That's how I would say that. The last half, if the first half is extremely difficult, the last half of the tribulation is horrific and unimaginable, but these seven bowls are even beyond that as a comparison. So up to now, up to now, this whole seven-year period, we've seen the first four seals. Uh, We saw the first four horsemen, the rider on the white horse who represents conquering peace, The rider on the fiery red horse represents war. Then there's a black horse, which is famine. And the pale green horse represents death. So there's a lot of people through war, famine, and disease who die. So the four horsemen of the apocalypse, they're powerful horses. They have strength to bring great distress, devastation, destruction, and death on the earth. 
after the four horsemen of the apocalypse, after the first four seals in Revelation, the fifth seal reveals persecution of the saints and the vengeance of God. Then we get to the sixth seal, and it's more wrath. And once again, uh, these are horrific times. Um, the sixth seal is opened, and there's a violent earthquake. The sun turns black as sackcloth. The moon becomes like blood. The stars of heaven fell to the earth. The sky was rolled up like a scroll. And when we looked at this uh, several weeks ago, it's literally like God is just he has just shaken this thing like a snow globe, and he's just cracked the sky. Every mountain and island was moved from its place. So when the sixth seal is ripped open, the unrelenting wrath of God is poured out on the earth and everyone in it. Then we have the seventh seal. And the seventh seal is the final judgment of God upon the earth. The seventh seal, can, the seventh seal contains 14 judgments. We have the seven uh, trumpet judgments, and then we have the seven bowl judgments. The seven trumpet judgments, once again, are more times of, of wrath on the earth. The, tr- the first trumpet judgment will impact land on the earth. A third of the earth, a third of the trees, and a third of the grass burned up. The second trumpet judgment will impact the oceans and seas on the earth. A third of the sea will be turned to blood. One third of the living creatures in the sea will die. One third of the ships will be destroyed. The third trumpet will poison one third of the earth's water. The fourth trumpet will affect the sun, moon, and stars. The fifth trumpet will release locust-like demonic creatures from the abyss. There's going to be a key given to an angel. He's going to unlock it. The abyss is going to be opened and and a huge cloud, a flume of smoke is going to come out and, and fill the earth. And following this, this plume of darkness, a horde of demonic locust-like creatures will come out. They will have a sting like a scorpion. They will torment people on the earth, but they do not have power nor the authority to kill. So they are inflicting immense pain, torture, and suffering for a period of five months. Then after the fifth trumpet, these demonic uh, locust-like creatures will torment the earth for five months. Then the sixth trumpet will release a demonic horde from the Euphrates region, and they have the authority to kill those who are on the earth. Then the seventh trumpet is a pause before the last and final wrath of God is poured out on the earth. So up until now, the seven years of tribulation have been a a time of horror and destruction such as like the world has never seen, but it is nothing it cannot compare to what is about to happen. And John is saying he saw something that was so amazing, so awe-inspiring. Seven angels dressed in brilliant white, have the last seven plagues. They are given seven bowls, and they're going to be poured out on the earth. After these last seven bowls of judgment, the full cup of God's wrath will be uh, will be thrown to the earth. And after this, this leads to the culmination. This leads to the culmination of the end, the, the beginning of the end, and Jesus Christ will return to the earth in power and great glory. Next week, we're going to start looking at these these bowls of wrath. So here's what I would say. Here's what I would say as I bring our remarks to a, a conclusion today about Revelation 15. Live in a spirit of worship. Live in a spirit of, of gratitude. 
live in a spirit where we're glorifying God. Because when we glorify God, according to Romans chapter 1, 18 through 25, when we glorify God, when we recognize who he is and all that he has done, and we give him glory and we show him gratitude, our thoughts are going to be right. We're going to think with wisdom. We'll think with discernment. And when we think with wisdom and discernment according to his word, God blesses that. But if we do not live glorifying God and showing him gratitude, we're literally saying, you know what? Even though I'm without excuse, God, I'm not going to serve you. I'm not going to honor you. And when we choose to live that way, he turns our hearts over to foolish thinking. And when we start living according to our foolish thinking, we will exchange the truth of God for a lie. So if you're listening to this, live with wisdom, glorify God, praise him, acknowledge him, and thank him. Show gratitude for all of his blessings and all of his goodness. I'm so glad that God loves us. I'm so glad that uh, he cares for us. I'm so glad he's given us his word. I'm also glad that he's given us his spirit so that we can understand his word. So I want to encourage you today, glorify God and show him gratitude. When you glorify God and show him gratitude, we'll live with wisdom. And when we live with wisdom, we will never exchange the truth of God for a lie. We will trust his word and we'll find his word to be true. So I want to thank you for listening to the podcast this week. I also want to encourage you to continue listening and to invite your family members, your friends, neighbors, co-workers, and acquaintances to join us as we continue to study the book of Revelation. I hope you have a great week, and thanks for joining us today on Light for Living.